On the 8th and 9th of December 2022, the 41st edition of the annual BAM Marketing Congress took place. The Belgian Association of Marketing, event organizer of course, add some noise and Alluvision joined forces to meet with the most inspiring national and international marketing speakers for a fun chat. The result is 13 unique podcasts with fascinating marketing stories, useful tips and tricks, anecdotes and so much more. In this episode, I talk with Sylvia Garcia and Isabel Verstraden. Sylvia is a worldwide expert on happiness at work. She's the former Coca-Cola marketing director and CEO of Philogic and Happiest Place to Work. Isabella is also a marketing veteran. She's brand strategy consultant and author of The Care Principles. They argue that happiness can give companies, brands and people a lot of competitive advantages. So start caring about yourself and others and listen to this episode with a smile. Thank you, Sylvia, for being here. You just gave a talk uh, at the Marketing Congress, and Isabel, uh, you're with us as well. Um, so we're going to have a little podcast episode about happiness, I, I would say, and about caring, yeah, because that's your thing, uh, Isabel. But first, for the for the people who haven't seen your talk, uh, um, what can you summarize it a little bit in a few minutes? Was the main idea? Absolutely. Thank you for that question. Uh, for those who didn't come, I basically explained and shared with people the good news uh, of why happiness is um, something that we um, need to care for if we need to care if we want to care for our success that the equation that we work hard are successful and then become happy mm-hmm. is not correct you care for yourself, Isabel will probably explain, you care about your emotional well-being, your happiness and that of others, and science proves that it gives you a competitive advantage to be happier. And mm-hmm. then I shared with them um, how much you can change your happiness, how much is in your genes and how much you can do yourself or how much depends on your circumstances. And finally, I uh, gave some areas that science tells us that really work to increase your happiness. Okay, so prior for going for uh, prior from going full force on happiness, you were uh, working at, Co- at Coke, Coca-Cola, who also have happiness as one of their brand assets, I would say. Absolutely. So a long time ago, in 2010, I was working in Coca-Cola in marketing as marketing director in Spain. And I had a a meeting with the president who told me that he wanted me to um, study and become an expert on happiness and lead a happiness institute, which I had no idea what it was. And I thought that he was firing me (laughs) uh, in a very nice way. (laughs) (laughs) but he was very serious and um, he knew that happiness is a competitive advantage and from there I started working and learning from all the experts in the world what happiness is and how we can increase it and increase our care our um, emotional well-being how we can care about ourselves our cultures and our world and society and be more successful in doing it yeah, what people don't see is that you're uh, uh, making gestures to Isabel, who is all about uh, care. Huh? So, how, how Isabel, how care and happiness? Uh, what's the relationship uh, between the two? 
Well, I, I found it a very interesting um, a keynote that uh, Sylvia gave because what I learned from her keynote is that the brain of people is wired to fight or to fly and to, um, to escape from, um, from situations and to, to look at things in a negative way. And I think for the survival of humans, mm -hmm. we need to rewire our brain and we need to start to look for happiness and we need to start to care, care more for people, care for yourself. It really starts with self-care, care more for people and of course care for the planet. So I think if hum humanity wants to survive, we really need a complete update on everything that we always have done. Um, so I see a lot of similarities between the care principles and between um, the proof that happy people uh, really are more successful. So it was it was really great to see it. There is a great connection uh, between the two things I heard. It's funny because uh, as far as I know, there are four basic emotions and only one is positive, which is happiness, right? Absolutely, yes. Like Isabel was saying, naturally we're, we are better prepared for spotting the negative and react, as she was saying, with fight or flight very quickly to negative things. So we spot them easily and quickly and then we save them in the moment, memory and any new situation that might have any resemblance with a negative one we lived, we immediately classify it as negative and we react to it with a fight or flight, which is the opposite of what we should be doing in a complex world with complex relationships, with you know change that is all the time around us and we react to it with fear. So yes, we are not very well prepared, yet the nature made us with a huge capacity to increase our happiness and it made it so because it's a competitive advantage that helped us survive as a species, as homo sapiens, our species. We were not the strongest, we were not the fastest to, to have hunt and have food, but together we created that social glue that is happiness, caring for us, for the others, for the wounded, for the old, and through that social glue of caring and happiness, we thrive as a species. Maybe too much for the planet, someone mm. would say, yeah. <laughs> but it's all up to us to care more and, and solve things. Right. What can brands do? Oh, I, brands have an important role, in my opinion. I, I come from a marketing background, and I know that brands stand for things, stand for values. Brands are not neutral. So you have to be to dare. You know, you see that I can name some brands sure, here yeah, in the market. Sure. Okay, so uh, you see like Nike uh, saying, you know, for uh, young girls, like, like a girl, uh, making a statement about... Empower them, really. Exactly. Yeah. So brands can really engage, like Lego, with, if we have had here, yeah. has always been engaged to for creativity and for parents playing with kids, creating moments where they can bond together. So yes, brands through their services, products, can make a huge impact. Mm -hmm. Having an opinion and values and proposing their view on things. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe maybe the key to that all is care. Right? The brand cares for people, they will feel happy, they will feel understood, they will feel hurt. 
Yes, totally. I think the role of organizations and brands in general is very different than it used to be 10 years ago. I think 10 years ago, um, all brands, and I, I'm, I'm guilty as well because I used to work in marketing, um, we, we try to appear as caring, but we weren't really caring. I think now, today, younger generations, specifically if you cater Generation Z or Generation Alpha, you better have, you better really care about things because care really starts internally by taking better care of your employees. So if you don't mean it, don't make it into a marketing layer. Don't say, oh, we'll care a bit about people or care a bit about, mm -hmm. uh, about the planet just for the sake of it. You really need to have true values. You need to really be authentic. Um, and your company culture is really key to the success of your company. And companies start to feel it today because they don't find people anymore who want to work there or they can't keep the people um, to, uh, to continue to work there. So companies start to feel it, but it's slow. Change is always slow. And I just urge companies to um, really start internally and change things fundamentally and place care for people and planet in the core of their business strategy and not just on the side like okay we do some sustainability check like we were just discussing with Sylvia oh we do some well-being for our employees we have a yoga teacher from uh, every uh, every Wednesday for instance check that's not what we talk about we really talk about systemic change and that is really necessary Yes, it, it seems like a challenge uh, as well to me because you can you can have in your brand strategy we want to care we want people to feel happy if they if they uh, if they work with us or if they consume us or whatever but basically what you're saying is the, the full team the full company need to be aligned after this mission and we all know that uh, it's kind of a bit of a utopic, utopic vision uh, because there will always be cynics there will always be people who don't buy into it so it's 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 a it's a challenge i can imagine to to get people to the level that they really care that they really want to spread the happiness yeah, absolutely but we have to stand up to that challenge and i think there's no other way for companies who want to have you know, a competitive advantage and stay here for long. Uh, you were saying it, and, and Isabel was, was um, also speaking about it, everything communicates about your company. You used to believe a long, long time ago that marketing was about you know, the pretty label and the nice advertisement and the nice campaign and that you could do that and people will buy into those values and believe that that is the company. Now you live in a crystal glass company mm. with everything being com marketing, communicating. Your employees that work there, the ones who leave and why they leave, your culture, your actions in society, close, yep. far away with your providers, everything communicates, all is marketing. So we'd better raise up to those challenges of collaborating and yeah. in that creating a culture, an internal culture with higher happiness helps instead of protecting your territory and your department, happiness makes people collaborate better. So we'd better, better do that and collaborate because we live in that translucent world where everything communicates, everything is marketing. A new way to look at this is um, the chief happiness officer, I would say. Or? Oh, that's that's a very important question, and um, I'm, 
I think the intention of creating the chief marketing officer was a good one, yeah. but it sends the idea that someone can be in charge of happiness. And unfortunately for many happiness officers, first, that's not possible. Happiness is, is the culture that we create, each of us, with our behaviors. And also they did not have commonly a lot of budget to measure, to show how happiness can impact. So I am a little bit worried that people do as Isabel was saying, check, I have a happiness yes. manager. Yeah. Happiness should be, if there's a happiness manager, something that is embedded in how we work. It's not someone who should deal with happiness. It's each of us who should be working, embedding and using the tools and the things that create a culture where every, everyone can thrive and we can all take care of ourselves, our emotional well-being and not, not break us. So that's what I think about, about that. I think it's very important today that a lot of people, they are looking how to create impact. And in the past, when we started a job, we were always looking at our boss. Okay, uh, will he give me a promotion? Will he give me a car or he or she or whatever? We were always looking up. And I think the change in culture that we need today is that we can all change something and we can all take better care of someone or something. And it really can start on a, a tiny, tiny micro level by simply, for instance, showing empathy towards your colleagues when you go to the office in the morning. Say, how? How are you? Did you sleep well or whatever? We can all do something a little bit better to create impact um, and it's not something that uh, that is done by placing a chief happiness officer because then again you like Sylvia was saying then it's one person responsible for the happiness of others research indicates that we can create our own happiness but we have to make an effort for that And we can do that by showing empathy, by collaborating. So there's a lot of examples that Sylvia gives and that I also give in the care principles that yeah. can really unlock that happiness. It's just a matter of doing it. So so things that I can do, I I run my own agency, as you know. So things that I can do to basically establish this idea of caring for each other. There are some some handles, that, uh, that real tips that, uh, that we can follow there. Yes, I think Sylvia also said it. Um, I call it empathy. And she said one of the key things for happiness is truly listening to others, mm -hmm. is, is not listening with the answers already uh, in, in, your, uh, in your brain, but truly openly listening and spending time uh, listening to others. It seems like something so basic and still um, specifically in the last years with COVID, uh, where all context was behind screens, we really lost it. We really lost that human touch. And so you as a, um, as a general manager of your own, your own agency really take the time to truly tune in with your people. Yeah. Because a lot of people, they don't have the mental nor the physical capacities um, to deal with all the fast and many changes that we witness in society and all of the turbulence that we go through. And it's not going to end. People think, oh, if the war is over or, or um, if uh, the energy crisis is over, we'll go back to normal. No, we are going through a change of era and it will go with a lot of many and deep crises. And a lot of people, they simply can't cope with that. So if you have that capacity to cope with it because you're your brain is wired more positively and 50% comes from genes, right? That's what you said, Sylvia. If you have that capacity and it's, you're born with it, help others. 
Yeah. That, that is a message that I that I give with my care principles. We can all take better care of something or someone. And it can be very small. It can be your neighbor. It can be your dog. It can be your children. It can be your colleagues. But just we can all have to do something. We can no longer wait for others to do it for us. Okay. I, I also hear a plea for more female entrepreneurship because, as they say, um, women, they... They, they talk because they want to they want to clear the air and, want, and, and, and men want to come with a solution. So it's not about the solution, it's about hearing, it's about listening, it's about being empathic. More than, uh, than I guess um, you're saying something, that's a problem we need to solve it. I'm, I, I'm, I'm curious to hear Sylvia's thoughts on that. For me, it's mm. not about uh, female, of course I love more female entrepreneurs, um, I'm definitely a feminist. But for me, it's not about um, capacities that all, all, all only females have. I mm. know a lot of very empathetic men. Um, I know a lot of men who are very good in collaborating, who are very good in opening up the doors and, and turning to others and asking for help. It's a mindset. It has nothing to do with gender for me. Sylvia, what are your thoughts on that? I, I agree that it's not a female or male. Maybe our society and education have valued more a certain type of behaviors uh, and that, that when some people do what works. So since, you know, women sometimes have been more praised to be listen, you know, good listeners to others yes. and to praise that, you know, the group is a group success and not an individual, they may be better because they have practiced more. Yeah. But what I see from any speech that I give is that men have a huge interest and it resonates with them because this is not a men or women thing. This is a human need to connect with others, to lead with good example, to be valued, to feel that you're useful. All things that connect us and makes us better and that resonate profoundly in so many male leaders as well as female. Yeah, I also didn't want to generalize things, of course. I know you didn't, I, but I, it was I, a good question I, for the listener. I'm, I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just uh, envy uh, some female capabilities that uh, are very hard for me, so I wish they, they would take. come a little bit more natural. <laughs> um, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, Isabel, that 50% 50, 50 of, of happiness uh, is um, genetic. Uh, Yes, so I was telling um, during the talk that it's fantastic to know, you know if happiness is so good for us, then can we do something about it? And the wonderful thing is that already in 1976, people thought about this and studied identical twins to mm -hmm. study if it was all in the genes because they share 100% the same genetic makeup or if it was about things that happened to them or others. And that study and many others with the science called epigenetics that sees you know how much our genes influence what happens to us all those sciences and I take this number from a researcher called Sonja Lubominski who's an expert on happiness she concluded that on average for most of us 50% of our happiness depends on our genes but that is a baseline like you know how flexible you are yeah. you have a 
tendency or natural baseline, but you can work on it, then they realize that what happened to you, the good, the bad, the highs, the lows, the promotion, the car, uh, the bad uh, internet or the good, you know, the things that frustrate you happens, big or small, when they happen, they are very important. If you have had a, a child without internet or Wi-Fi, you know how important it is at that moment. <laughs> but when time goes by, when you go through that, in cumulative, all those things just account for 10%. And there is 40% that really is in our hands, on our daily decisions, how we do how we spend our time, with whom, what are the choices we make, how we react to others, how we care, how we care for ourselves, our balance, our energy, how we care to build a culture and a society where people can thrive instead of competing against each other, and how we care about society and the planet. So there's a 40% of things that you can really do. We have the key in our own hands. At least around 40%, which is not not small. Yeah. I, I was wondering, since you're an expert on happiness, uh, is it, uh, I can imagine, I will rephrase uh, already, is it, is it doable to be always happy? Oh, a huge question, especially if you were in the US, that is the huge question. How can I be all the time happy? Yeah, yeah. And the answer is we can't. And is it something to strive for? And maybe not, because yeah. you, know, you only see the sun and appreciate it when it has rained. Exactly. We've only appreciated being together when COVID made us, you know, not possible to be together. So somehow, even if it's hard, we tend to only appreciate things that are not attainable all the time. So maybe it's not even desirable. But what I know is that it's not definitely possible. <laughs> that it's not a destination. It's more a place you visit often, but it's, you know, as soon as you enter, you go out again <laughs> and you have to find again the door. <laughs> It's actually good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the purpose is to visit it as much as possible, finding different doors, which are the factors, the things that you can do in that 40% to find those doors to that room of happiness. And you know that you will get out and in again and out and in again. But at the end, nobody says that life was not worthy. Most people, you know, think that life was worth it. So the journey is worth in itself. Let's leave it using to the best what we mm. get and trying to do our best to be happier. It's a bit of quest for uh, what they then call, I guess, mindfulness, living in the moment. Even if it's a period that not everything is going well and, and you're home and you have a, a drink with your partner, enjoy it. Yeah, so there are things like um, mindfulness that Surely Isabel, taking care about yourself, knows a lot about. Um, and the, these are tools to help us recharge. Right? We are very hard on our brains because we live with attention divided in so many things. And our brain is constantly active and we need moments to just focus on one thing. So meditation is good for many, many things. One of them is bringing your brain to 
rest to win. It's an active rest because you're concentrating. It's like being able to exercise your muscle to keep your mind focused on one thing. And curiously, that leaves you less stress and creates new connections. It's, it's wonderful. But what I would say is that it's not the answer for everything. It's just one of the multiple things that one can do to take care about yourself. Some people find a way to recharge and feel better in mindfulness. Others might run, do squash, um, do you know, painting, dancing. Uh, so it's just another one of the tools that science has proved that work to recharge. But then you have still so many other things that you can do for your happiness. So yeah. just one more tool. It's part of self-care, care, uh, Isabel. I'm, I'm not a great expert in self-care, I have to admit <laughs> that. Uh, I'm, only, uh, I'm only learning now uh, to take better care of myself because I always used to work a lot. But I'm, I'm happily wired in my brain that when I work, I'm very happy. It makes me very happy. And specifically, since I've written the book and I've developed the care principles one and a half year ago, it gives me a true purpose and a true personal mission. And that makes me very happy. Um, But I do, I do also understand that I have to take better care of myself, and I'm, I'm not into meditation, but I'm into yoga and sports and um, and taking breaks uh, from uh, specifically from uh, from all the digital. I'm doing every holiday a digital detox because all the time getting the impulses in, and um, I understand that it's not very good for myself. And I also, for instance, one of the things that I do, I don't watch the news anymore because it's simply too depressing. Yes. Um, and it, it brings me down and, and I have a very optimistic character. And even if it brings me down, I can imagine other people. So I just shut it out of my life um, because I want, um, because again, I think I can be a little bit responsible for my own happiness. Um, And, uh, and one of the things that Sylvia said that I really like is that when you do things at the end of the day, your brain like registers, it's like a, a positive thing. And one of the things that I do is I, every, every night before I go to bed, I have a cup of tea and I just think about my day, what went well, what went maybe less well. Um, but I'm kind of trying to be happy with, um, with the little things, the little successes that you book. Um, I think happiness is not about great moments. It's not like in the movies, you know. Yeah. We are not George Clooney or Julia Roberts. Um, Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> sitting in Bali. Um, I think happiness is a lot about tiny little things that make you happy. Mm. And, uh, so it all starts with self-care in a way. So. I think unfortunately, yes, you can't take very good care of others if you don't take care of yourself. Um, It's the same for happiness, maybe. You cannot make anybody happy if you're not happy yourself. Yes, um, you know, during the, the speech today, I shared with, you know, so many marketeers that attended and uh, uh, they were eager to learn how to be happier. And I said, you know, all, all that I told you, all these tools, it's like the oxygen mask in the plane. You first need to apply them to yourself right. and then don't forget that others need it. <laughs> then apply it to others. But as you say, and, and Isabel was saying, you first need to take care about you, yourself and your own happiness. Science says that happier people also connect more with others, are more aware and are active. It's not a selfish thing. It is on the opposite. Yeah. It is reaching out. Happier people are always active, reaching out and doing things also for others. So yes, 
test we, yourself. We, we feel selfish eh? if, we, if we approach it like this. We have to unlearn that it's uh, selfish. Exactly. It's not selfish. It's it's like taking care about yourself first. Mm. You need to be wooed well yourself to be able to take care of others. It's the same with happiness, which sometimes can feel like a selfish thing because we put there like, okay, going to the beach or... Um, doing something extraordinary or having a car and those things just account for little moments of extreme joy or laughter but those tiny moments are not happiness happiness is, is much low key level it's more about being satisfied like what Isabel does every night before going to bed saying yeah. it was worth it I did something valuable I felt that I made a difference, that I am capable also of being able to solve my problems. I can reach out to someone if I need to, to share my success, and he'll be happy for, the, for that, which is not the case in every country. <laughs> <laughs> Or I reach out because I need help. All those things matter much more than the things like the new next thing. And those are the things that make us feel selfish, like spending on ourselves. When spending is much more um, important to look for experiences than for materialistic things. Very interesting. Okay, well, I'm going to end with the obvious questions. Eh? Sylvia, are you happy? <laughs> well, I, I am thrilled to be here with you, you know, in this fantastic Belgian Marketing Congress with so many interesting people uh, in, you know, in the audience mm. and so many questions and I uh, really made my day. So very, very happy to be contributing to a big purpose of creating, making marketing better. Thank you for that. And Isabel, are you happy? I'm, uh, yes, I think I'm born happy and, and uh, it's, uh, I'm very happy, yes. I'm very happy I met Sylvia. I think uh, she can become an ally of, uh, of my care principles and we can maybe together, you know, uh, make the business world a little bit more happier and more caring. So, happy. Okay, thank you both for this excellent talk. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Steve. Did you enjoy this episode? Leave your opinion on LinkedIn with the hashtag BOMMarketingCongress and let's continue the discussion. Stay up to date with other BOM news through marketing.be and keep December 7th and 8th, 2023 open in your calendar for the 42nd edition of the BOM Marketing Congress. See you there.